Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 94 of Waking Up to Narcissism. And I may have shared recently, but the most popular episode on Waking Up to Narcissism is one about the amygdala hijack. And uh, that one surprised me a little bit. I mean, I really liked the concept in the episode, but I was surprised that was the most downloaded of the of the 93 before today. But I only mention that because following the Amygdala Hijack episodes are several of the Death by a Thousand Cuts episodes. And I believe the sixth installment of Death by a Thousand Cuts is coming up in the next week or so. So look forward to that. And just I'll just leave this one simple. Go to TonyOverbay.com, sign up for the newsletter. Or in the show notes, I'll have a link tree that will then take you to sign up for the newsletter. And that will keep you up to speed on everything that you need to know about upcoming courses or questions or you name it. And we're being very consistent with the newsletter, which I'm super grateful for. And I will just do a very quick plug for this podcast more than most. I'm so grateful for those who have taken the time to um, rate and review the podcast wherever you can. The ratings do appear to put the podcast in front of more people. And this one is just growing by leaps and bounds. And I'm just, I'm so blown away by it. And it's kind of funny because from all of the wonderful reviews from amazing, caring people, it's funny because one good old one star, even though it's pretty evident that the person listening is most likely come to the podcast because they've probably been told that they are the narcissist or they are emotionally immature. So the reviews say things like, I don't like him or he blathers on and on. Or he talks about things I don't care about, even though they they read that way, which is pretty interesting to read. A good old one-star review brings down several of the four and five-star reviews. So uh, if I sound like I'm pandering a little bit, I might be, but I'm just grateful for those who take the time to leave the review. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But I have a treat today. Over the past few months, I've had the absolute pleasure of talking more and more with today's guest, Lori Finlay. And trust me when I say that Lori brings a, so much information to today's show. And she, she's had her own challenges in life that have given her the knowledge. So she walks the very walk that she is talking about today. And I kind of think of her as the epitome of helping you know what you didn't know that you didn't know. And from her website, I'm going to pull some of this data from there from lauriefinlay.com. She shares that at 63, Lori is healthier and happier and more full of life than 43. But it wasn't always smooth sailing for her. She has actually been called the sickest, healthiest person that people have ever met. And I can only imagine hearing that. And especially she has some information on her website about even those very people in her family have not necessarily been on board or tried to be curious or understand what she's going through. She's also had that experience where a doctor or more than one doctor has said things like your symptoms are all in your head or how much time do you spend on the internet researching symptoms? So this is one of those situations where she discovers that it was not all in her head because that is just not something that you ever want to hear or need to hear from especially somebody you're going to for help. But she's a fighter and she knew that something was off. And so she's one of those who took her her health essentially into her own hands. She already had 20 years in the the sickness or wellness industry and another 20 diving deep into functional medicine and root cause analysis. And so she's really turned her life and her health around in a very extraordinary way. So we're going to talk about everything from stress and cortisol and breast health and and so much more. And do not worry, men, we will get our fair share of some prostate talk as well. 
Don't you worry. Um, but more importantly, Lori talks today about epigenetics, which is something that I wanted to talk about for a long time and that I truly didn't know what I didn't know about epigenetics. Or in essence, it's the study of how our environment and our emotions and, and even, I mean, you can go as far as to say our, the very thoughts themselves can have an influence on our DNA. So as you listen today, you're going to find out that as Lori herself has discovered, we have more control over our vitality, I think, than we, we could ever imagine. And that isn't a cure-all, but I think it's definitely a, a wonderful place to, to start or operate from this being able to, to slowly but surely change the interior landscape of your mind, your, your implicit memory or what it feels like to be you. And I'll just share a quick personal note. The more I talk to her, the more I realize how um, influential she's been and continues to be in giving a voice to, to women and, and men to speak up for their health needs and concerns. You'll hear today that she was part of, I think, the original heart transplant team where those were things where, again, my emotional immaturity, uh, nay, I say, formerly narcissistic traits and tendencies, um, I probably would have had a shirt that I wear around that says, you know, ask me about being part of the first heart transplant. So I didn't know that about Lori for a very long time. And forgive me, Lori and audience, but I had a challenge or two with the original recorded file. So the first edit vanished, but we were able to record the or recover the files. And then a new edit was made, but not in time to have this ready for a webinar that she mentions in the episode. So we're a week or so past that webinar. But she said that she would leave the info up on her website. So just go there, reach out to her directly to learn more. Um, as a matter of fact, I actually pulled the text up and she said, okay, when I had reached out and was giving her an update on losing the file, she said, um, no, no problem. My webinar is today, but I'll keep the replay up on the link. My hope is that women will take the hormone quizzes. There's a free one on my site so they can begin to get clarity on their symptoms and hormonal imbalances and get some sound recommendations and resources to help them on their healing journey to hormonal harmony and breast health. Uh, and then, so again, that replay is there and there's a free hormone quiz on her website that I think is really valuable. And then she has a new book, Hormonal Harmony, a simple guide to supporting your endocrine system. And that should be out on Amazon now. So I will get the link and put that in the show notes. And then she also shared that she had been on a, a, a wellness TV show on Bloom last week. She said it was so much fun and they've asked her back and want her to be a regular. She said, woohoo, time to empower women. So uh, get ready for that kind of energy throughout this interview. And uh, if you have questions, comments, uh, feel free to send those in contact at tonyoverbay.com because I'm sure that I will end up having Lori back. So without any further ado, let me get to this interview with uh, the incredible Lori Finley. Okay, so Lori, I have taken you for granted, my friend, because I've gotten to know you over the last year or so. And to me, whenever I talk about the body meets the score, I'm, I'm having all these ahas and epiphanies. And I remember the first time we were talking and presenting to a group and then you, you jumped in and you just let me know all the things that the body keeps the score of. And I remember I just sat back and I thought, I don't know if I should be a little bit more terrified than I thought I was or, but it's amazing to have this information. So there's a part of me that just wants to sit back and say, Lori, will you please introduce yourself and your story and then tell us about the body and epigenetics and all those things. And I'm just going to sit back and relax and interrupt every now and again. Is that okay? It's so great. You're so kind. And I'm so, so thrilled and privileged to speak with you and your amazing tribe. Oh, you're kind. Um, yeah. You're making a huge difference. You've made a huge difference in my life and my world and so many of my friends and family that I just keep sending your podcast to. So <laughs> I appreciate again, it. Again, this is such an incredible honor. So my background, I was 10 years old when I knew that I wanted to work in cardiology. Oh, wow. And yeah, I read the first book about heart transplantation. It was like, that's it. 
By the time I was 23, I was taking care of the first heart transplant in Utah, which was really exciting. I didn't wait, wait. Okay. And, I did not know this. And I was living in Utah at the time. And who was the guy, the person? The his heart. name was Mr. Hart, H-A-R-T. Okay. Was the first was the first transplant in Salt Lake City. Wow. And it was such an honor. Anyway, I spent years and years and years in critical care, the crisis management end of, of medicine, business care. And then I, I did go back. I became a clinical nurse specialist in critical care. And then I became a cardiology nurse practitioner or an adult nurse practitioner specializing in cardiology. I finally realized that I wanted to spend my life in wellness medicine and teaching people how to get healthy. Mm. When I was lecturing all over the country about, you know, the signs of a heart attack and how to prevent a heart attack to the public and to ER docs and critical care nurses. And my dad dropped dead of a massive heart attack. And it was so, so life-changing, right? Mm. That I had a conversation with God, like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, plus I, I worked, I saw every single day, people coming back routinely every six months for the same procedure. Wow. We weren't getting to the root cause. Like, this is crazy. Why are we putting Band-Aids on the problem? Yeah. And fortunately, you know, and I had a conversation with God, I want to spend the rest of my life in wellness medicine. Mm-hmm. And then he gave me a third graduate curriculum called Heal Your Own Body. Okay. And I had no idea what that was going to look like. And it was a long, long journey. I didn't know at the time that I had some genetic, I call them hiccups, some genetic wiring okay. that made it difficult for me and family members to toxify. So I could have been glowing. I had so many toxins in my body and it took wow. like 15 years to overcome heavy metal toxicity and black mold toxicity and Epstein-Barr and in the middle of all of it was PTSD. And it was quite an incredible body, mind, spirit experience well, and, and education. Well, and Lori, when you were, when you, were you aware of that at that time or were you, did you feel relatively at, for what you knew healthy? Was it a, I didn't know what I didn't know or did you feel pretty down? No, I I was so at the age of 42, I crashed. Okay. I could get up. I had severe chronic fatigue. I was Uh in premature menopause. I could have two hours of productivity if I napped for two hours. I mean, I couldn't make it through church. I mean, it was really profound and it was years and years and years. That's why I'm a little late. If you could say, well, uh, that, that's why I'm like really doing what I want to be doing now at the age of 63, because I had a long, long healing journey, right? Okay, anyway, yeah. with that said, it wasn't until I tested my DNA when I was 50 that I had all of these answers and lights go on and realize, wow, oh, wow. I can take control of my future and my health and I can heal. Yeah. I mean, I'd been studying epigenetics. I've been studying all of this, but it was when I finally did my DNA test that I really could get on top of things and take control back. Um, Can I say so, too, Lori, on your website, you've got yeah. a, a just a profound part that I was watching on. I love your video, your introduction video as well, but where you uh, were talking to a doctor. What When was that where then he said, how much time do you spend on the internet researching things? And because and, oh. that shame component, I can't imagine that. Shame. For, yeah. What that was, was in, that was when I was 42 when I was oh. just, you know, beginning to unravel, like something's wrong with my body. Like mm. I saw an endocrinologist and he said, oh, your labs are fine. Everything's within normal limits. You know, the WNL, as they put on patients' charts, within normal limits. I'm like, "Uh, no, I feel like I'm in the five percentile of this lab function. No, I feel this is not optimal. I feel terrible. Something's not working on the cellular level. And again, this gynecologist, that was a colleague that actually said, you just leave your healthcare up to me. And two days later, tried to prescribe hormone, a hormone prescription based on false positive lab data. And I had to let him know it was false positive lab data. I'm this 
nurse practitioner studying hormones and biochemistry and functional medicine, and I'm reaching out and teaching this OBGYN like, no, this is false positive data. Yeah. He was crazy. And Lord, and Lord, oh, oh, he was. Okay. I'm, I am so not trying to sell you. It's so funny. I'm normally almost like averse to the, I just want people to share data. But this is fascinating because this part of your story, I think will, I, I work with so many people that don't advocate for their own health in, in doctor's offices. I'm assuming that that's part of what your message is, or do you help people do that? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's exactly, oh, that's big. I, you know, I remember that day thinking, if I'm being treated like this as a colleague, yes. as a nurse practitioner that can speak the lingo, yeah. how are my girlfriends being treated when they show up feeling horrible? And I've seen them. They come to me. I'm sure. Like, well, like a 30-year-old that had put on 50 pounds and felt horrible. They didn't test for anything. All they did was say, quote, well, you should feel tired and old. You are getting older. She was 30 years old. Oh, okay. And they gave her a prescription for synthetic thyroid and sent her out the door. Wow. And she came to me and we started testing. I'm like, well, you've got Epstein-Barr and you've got black mold and you've got heavy metals and let's start getting to the root cause, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's when I fell in love with functional medicine. But you asked about epigenetics. I know, well, so, I'm, and uh, full disclosure, I want to know about epigenetics so bad. And this is, as I'm you know, growing more emotionally mature from my formerly emotionally immature days, this one, epigenetics, for some reason, that's why I love that I'm going to put you in my relational frame forever and ever, Lori, with this is, I know that if I was not uh, on this journey of maturity, I would, with the little bit I know, I'm sure I would have already made up more data that I feel like makes sense. So it's every time I want to talk about epigenetics, I realize I don't know. I just don't know. And I haven't spent the time to learn. So I am a sponge ready to soak this up. So I don't even know the questions to ask. So tell me more. I will. So first of all, for all of your listeners, epi, the word epi, right, means on top of. The epicardium oh. is the layer, is the tissue on top of the heart, right? Okay. Epidurum, right? Like is on top, surrounds the top of the brain. So epi is on top. Okay. And so epigenetics, it's on top of your genetic wiring, if you will, right? Okay. And the analogy I like to use is like that of a piano. Like you've got the strings on the piano, right? You lift up the lid to the piano, there's all these wires. Uh -huh. So there's the wiring's there. So our wiring doesn't change, but the expression of the wiring. Mm. Now, right? Now yeah. you don't know what how that piano is going to express itself. It'll be Bach or the Beatles or Billy Joel or Beethoven. I see. Right? Okay. You know yeah. what's going to come out of the piano. It takes an external influence, the pianist. Interesting. Right? To play. Now, you could have a note, a key that's flat, right? Or yeah. sharp. And that's going to have a, oh, an interesting expression. Or you could have a string that's completely broken. You press that key and nothing happens. Okay. And that's one of the things that was going on in, with my DNA. Like one of the, one of the, one of the alleles was like missing. So oh. it couldn't even express itself at 60% or 30%. Not at all. I mean, okay. it wasn't there, not yeah. at all. So when I do a DNA test, you know, I can see that you might have, a, a, they call it a snip, like snipping scissors. You might have a snip or a challenge that means that your DNA might be expressing itself, or I should say the, the gene may be causing enzymes to function at a 30% or a 60% capacity. Interesting. So with okay. that, if, if you know that, if you know that, then you can augment things and make a difference, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I love Dr. Ben Lynch here in the United States wrote the book called Dirty Genes. Okay. And he basically 
look, we can have clean genes, like everything's great on the wiring, and we can make our clean genes dirty, or we can take dirty genes, those that are functioning at 30 or 60%, and we can make them clean by things that we do. And if we clean up one gene, like if I do something to clean up this one particular gene that's not functioning well, I'm going to clean up everything, which is really exciting and empowering. That is, yeah. So the other piece I want to share is that I am so grateful for brilliant, brilliant men and women like Dr. Bruce Lipton that wrote the book called The Biology of Belief. Mm. And he is considered the godfather of epigenetics. Okay. This guy was a, you know, he taught medical school cellular biology for three or four decades and practiced Newtonian physics. Like the, the cell nucleus was the master of everything. Then he got introduced to quantum physics and his world changed and his mind was blown and was like, whoa, wait a minute. It's the cell membrane, B-R-A-N-E, now changes to brain, B-R-A-I-N, the cell membrane, which allows things in and out and which will change the function of the cell. And he started to understand that we are all energy energetically connected to each other and to our higher power, to our God in heaven. Like We are all connected energetically and that everything, our thoughts, our words, the music we listen to, the air we breathe our relationships, right? The food we eat. I mean, everything will impact the expression of our genes. So Lori, I have to tell you again, I know what I have always thought of you, which is this brilliant, intelligent person who is so dynamic, but this all makes sense. This is, I want to jokingly say, this is what I was looking for, Lori, but I just finished a virtual couch episode because I'm not sure when we'll run this one. I want to run this one on waking up to narcissism as well as virtual couch because this is such good information, but I just did a big old deep dive on implicit memory and what it feels like to be us and talking about the interior landscape of our mind. But you just put a piece together there of where I don't talk a lot about the foods that we eat and that sort of thing. But everything, every single thing goes into that just implicit everything, implicit memory, just the body and what it feels like to be us. So I'm having a moment right now, but it's probably you're sitting there going, really? You're just figuring this out right now? But so, okay, continue. Well, I I wanted to say one more thing about genetic. Okay. Dr. Candace Pert, we got to put a female in there, right? Yeah. Dr. Candace Pert wrote the book called The Molecules of Motion. I mean, she was a hot shot. She actually was the founder of Body, Mind, Spirit Medicine. Um, Unfortunately, she passed away too early in life. Hmm. She wrote, again, the book, The Molecules of Emotion. And she's the one that discovered the opiate receptor. She actually won the Laureate Prize, which is right underneath the Nobel Prize Uh in graduate school. I mean, brilliant woman. And I love what she talks about in her book, how our emotions will actually be embedded and carried on our DNA if we don't do that healing work. I agree. So a lot of the things that we are carrying around may be intergenerational trauma, intergenerational wounds that we need to heal. And this is going to impact everything, not just our relationships, but also the expression of our DNA and how healthy we are. You know, yeah. physically. I love how this just meshes with everything that you preach all the time about yeah. raising your emotional baseline because of the far reaching, like really far reaching effects. And it does. There's a, a documentary called In Utero that talks about even the stress of the pregnant mother and how that right. impacts the fetus and even those around her and the energy she feels. I mean, there's just so much here that I think that we're scratching the surface of. But talk more about if you got the clean gene, but you're what you're dirtying them up or expressing it in a way that is that through the things we're eating. I, yes, you can tell exactly. I'm hesitating because I'm like, are you going to tell me I have to start eating even better, Lori? Is this what we're going to have to do? 
No, here, here's the deal, right? <laughs> okay. So I, I, had a cli- I had a client say to me a year or so ago when, when she had some health challenges, she came to me and said, so here's my recommendation, right? To clean up her diet. And she was like, well, you're no fun. And I thought, wait, wait a minute. Oh, these are my these are right. my rules. God made our bodies. Yes, yes, you know, yes. God in the scriptures says, if this, then that. Right. Good, good like, point. So this is just called physiology or pathophysiology. Yes. Patho means disease, right? So it's like you can choose to do anything you want yes. with your body, mind, and spirit. There will just be a consequence. Yeah. And you that's what's so fascinating and exciting and empowering about epigenetics is we get to be in the driver's seat. We get to choose how healthy do I want to be? Yeah. Right? Create the vitality you crave is my logo, you could say. My tagline, create the vitality you crave. Like we have that capacity. And yes, it does mean raising your vibrational level with your food. In fact, that was one of the first books I read. That was the first book I read when I when my divorce was announced. Right. Uh-huh. It was called Vibrate Higher Daily. And it was just beautiful. And she just said, look, you start by choosing food that vibrate higher. Okay. We and I, see, yes, we can see, you, you can look online, like there's all kinds of diagrams of the vibration of emotions, right? Like you've mm-hmm. got the vibration of love and charity way up here and hatred and, and vengeance and contempt way down here. And this is where disease starts, right? You've yeah. got essential oils and rose and all of these great things here that raise your vibrational level and healthy, raw, organic food is up here and processed garbage food and <laughs> alcohol and smoking are way down here. And this is where disease starts. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, it does count. Oh, this is why this is why I think we have to go on the road because then you're going to drop this knowledge and then I come in and then clean up the when people still feel, man, I feel so bad. I haven't done this. I don't want to. Oh, here comes acceptance. And uh, you yes. didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah. All those wonderful things because I'm feeling them literally right now. Um, but this is so good. So what are the main things if somebody's coming to you and saying, where do I start? Or what are the things that, that maybe I could be aware of? And I know you work with a, a a heavy population of women. Is that right? Not right. that sounded. Right. Like- I've seen men as well. It's yeah. amazing how many women say, can you work with my husband? I'm like, sure. Yeah. So, you know, often women will come to me feeling just gross. Mm. Just, I don't feel like myself. Like I lost myself. I don't know what's yeah. going on, you know? And I mean, I have an extensive questionnaire and we do go through not, I mean, it's not just lab data and not just your symptoms. It's like, what is your lifestyle look like? What do you consume? What was your your ACE score, your, your childhood yeah. score of what? What kind of things are do do you do mindful practices, mindfulness? Yeah. What is your exercise and lifestyle look like? Because all of that is going to impact their physiology, mm-hmm. and from there, then we can get some objective data and look at labs and, and unravel and see what's going on and get to the root cause of what's going on. And often, as you, that root cause could be emotional stuff. Absolutely. Like Bruce Lipton, for instance, I had the incredible honor of hearing Dr. Bruce Lipton live in Atlanta in August of 2019. So this is mm. way before COVID and in a standing room only um, environment. And the whole presentation, like 90 minutes finished, recorders off, lights off, standing ovation. And he gets back up on the stage and says, I have one more thing to say. It was like pin drop. Mm. I have one more thing to say. And he says, lack of forgiveness causes cancer. Wow. I was like, wow. So again, this reinforces the extraordinary importance. I could get emotional, the extraordinary importance of your work Mm. and how you 
reinforcing that, you know, improve, up level, raise your emotional baseline. Yeah. Acceptance and commitment therapy, do the work that you need to do to manage the emotional wounds because they will change the expression of our, our DNA. Well, Lori, what, yeah. oh, what, what's pretty amazing, and I just want to be uh, very vulnerable and again, not just trying to give you hollow praise, but legitimate praise, but the episode I did a few weeks ago on acceptance versus forgiveness came from one of the conversations I know that we had. And I was so appreciative right. of what you shared because- I feel like I could roll so many things in their differentiation where when I feel a connection with somebody and I feel safe and they express something, I can look at that and not look at that as I have to defend myself or break down their reality. And I really loved what, when we were talking about that, because yeah, we hear forgiveness and I agree I'm on board with forgiveness, but then in certain situations and certain relationships, that forgiveness almost seems like it's something that I'm socially compliant goal. I'm supposed to do almost for other people. And so just from that conversation, I don't know if that was a couple months ago we had, separating out acceptance and forgiveness is, uh, has really gone a long way for a lot of people. So I, I love the fact that even that in that I've received so much feedback from that alone of just being able to look at the difference. And then when somebody can let go of that, the shame of, and the guilt of that, I, why can't I forgive this person that's harmed me, but now they can accept that that happened and then move forward already. Right. There's, there's where we're starting to do some good work. And I feel like Absolutely. that shows that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, and that it was such a powerful um, podcast, and I've listened to it twice, and those I've shared it with have listened to it twice, and are now taking notes on it too. (laughs) This leads, though, to you know, to so many of the symptoms. Okay, talk about that. Yeah, right. So many symptoms that I see from women, and I know the women in your community, right, your tribe. Yes, things that they've experienced. I mean, some of the symptoms, just some of the symptoms that they have mentioned from dealing with trauma and stress and divorce and betrayal, right? And I'm going to go through this list, right? This is your list, your your listeners. I can't breathe. I'm having asthma attacks, a pounding chest, chest pain. And I'll interrupt. I'll come back to my story about chest pain. Dizziness, brain fog, can't concentrate, poor memory. I mean, when I was in the middle of my divorce, I couldn't remember my Pilates routine. And I've been doing Pilates for 25 years. Wow. Like okay. the muscle memory, right? I couldn't remember anything. Disorganized, sluggish energy, vertigo, dizzy, and tinnitus or tinnitus, diarrhea, ingestion. My tinnitus started two days after um, my ex-husband informed me he was filing for divorce. And what was that? Right? What is that? Is that again? Is that the ringing in the ears? The is that the, in the yeah. Ears. Okay. I do hear that often. Okay. Tinnitus or tinnitus, yeah. diarrhea, indigestion, constipation, um, nervous tension, like all over, like yeah. just unbelievable stress, right? In, in, yeah. in your body. Fear, right? Nervous tension when you even hear a certain sound, yes. like their cars coming yes. into the garage, right? Shivering, literally for five nights after I got the divorce announcement in the middle of the night, I didn't sleep for five nights, but in the middle of the night, the shivering was something that we call in medicine rigors. It was so intense that like your body is shaking so intense and there's nothing you can do. No amount of heating blanket or anything can warm the body because it's the catecholamines, all the stress hormones expressing itself. And it was unbelievable. Went on for five nights. Wow. Sounds, right? Sounds and lights bother us more than usual. Yeah. Hair loss. Um, oh, on that. Okay. I, I have more women than I know of. I mean, cause insert joke here, I've been bald for 20 years, but I, and it breaks my heart to, to see women go through hair loss. And I see that often. I didn't realize that was this, such a trait of, is that trauma? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm still growing out my hair. 
okay. from, from the hair loss experience, right? Fibromyalgia, fatigue, insomnia, your changes in their menstrual cycle, nightmares, loss of bladder yeah. control, all those kind of things, right? And so I want to come back to chest pain. And this is something okay. that, I'm again, I taught about cardiology all over the country. I've read thousands of EKGs wow. and done treadmills and all of this. I just had some sinus surgery done and I had to get an EKG done. And I was shocked. I, I was shocked when the anesthesiologist came back and said, you need to um, get a cardiology workup. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I beat 30 year olds on my Peloton. <laughs> like you're crazy. All right. never had heart, you know, chest pain. Yeah. Like you're crazy. And he was like, I don't care what you say, check your precordial leads. And I'm like, Oh, and I was shocked to see on my EKG was signs of a heart attack. Really? What? As healthy as I've been for these years, like really, really, really focused on my heart health. Like you got to be kidding me. And then I started studying after reading The Body Keeps the Score. I was like, let me do some research here because this wasn't in the literature 20 years ago. Okay. Right? I see. Now it's called Takatsobu syndrome or broken heart syndrome, or they call it stress cardiomyopathy. Oh. And what it's ca- what happens, even if you have completely clean coronary arteries, like a good calcium score, you don't have any blockages, but the catecholamines, the epinephrine and norepinephrine, all those stress hormones cause the coronary arteries to spasm like you're having a heart attack. Wow. And then I went, oh, the morning after, the second abusive mediation, the first one was 13 hours, the second one was 11 hours, I ended Man, at midnight. Boy. Wow. The next morning, I woke up and had 10 minutes, eight to 10 minutes of fleeting chest pain and literally asked myself sitting in bed, am I having a heart attack? And went through every symptom I've ever asked a client and was like, no, 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 no. And got up and, you know, packed that day. But it was enough of a spasm and lasted long enough to show up as residual on my EKG. That's amazing. And how long does that last? Is that a thing that is not permanent damage? But I mean, what is that? What happens there? Well, I will see the electrical changes on my EKG forever. Okay, you know, I, I, I see. I, I know that I have, they used to say that if you had dead muscle, right? If you had a heart attack or a brain attack, i.e. a stroke, yeah. right? Too bad, so sad, the damage is forever. We know that's not true. Okay. We know that's absolutely not true now because we know about neuroplasticity yeah. and we know we can heal the heart. I mean, again, at that cardiac workup, normal pumping function is 55 Mine is now at 60%, right? Okay. I mean, I blew the treadmill out of the water. <laughs> so from an anatomical, physiological standpoint, I'm in great shape. Okay. But emotionally, yeah, like that was a huge, huge hit. That's so right? important to understand. I, yeah. Right. No, this is proof that this is proof right there on the EKG that I went through some incredible emotional stress and emotional abuse. Well, it's and, interesting and too, Lori. Oh, sorry. I, but I was going to say it's interesting. I'm not even joking about this. I know I love my jokes, but you could almost put together a pre, um, pre-divorce diet. I mean, to, to prepare yourself. Honestly, I've never really thought of it that way. Of Yeah, we got to And when people come into me and they are trying to make things work and they are going back in. And as we've talked about before, they're, they keep going to the rule outs and they think it's them. And it's this pathologically kind person going back into the emotionally immature narcissistic person. Right. And then it's the more they go in there, it actually gets a little bit worse while they're learning about this. Uh, I've never really put together that component of, you know, I talk about raising your baseline and self-care, but I feel like we almost got to come up with, hey, here's a, here's a package of, here's what you need to be eating. Here's what you need to be doing to meditate. Here's some supplements you need to be taking. 
almost to say, trust me, even while they're saying, no, I'm not sure if it's still me or if I can change this or that's phenomenal. That is. Well, I appreciate you saying that because I am going to, in your show notes, you can put a a link to a PDF that I've created for your listeners about some basic things to raise your physical baseline and improve hormonal balance because hormonal balance is critical um, to support you through this and stress, right? One of the reasons, and we'll kind of link this to breast cancer here in a minute. Okay. Um, and my passion about breast health, yeah. teaching women how to actually keep their, their breasts healthy by okay. the choices they make every day. But I'm going to preface it by saying that, yeah, I knew that the minute that this divorce decree came, that I needed to up level, right? Okay. Raise my, not just my emotional, but my physical. Yeah. So I had a very, I had a very good morning and evening ritual you know, two to three hours of, a lot of people can't do that, but I've carved that out so that I really take care of myself emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually in the morning and at nighttime and had this great routine. And I knew when the divorce decree came that, that I needed to raise that to another level. And I stopped, I call it my divorce detour, stopped everything I was doing to, to just get prepare for mediation. And it's a lot of work, like eight hours a day preparing wow. all the financial records and stuff and making sure I took care of myself emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, because I knew that statistically there's a lot of research that shows that cancer, particularly breast cancers can, for women, men, it might be prostate or others, you uh-huh. know, it could be hormone related cancers show up within a couple years after this traumatic experience oh, okay. because of what happens to cortisol. Okay. When your cortisol level spike, cortisol levels go through the roof, they suck the progesterone right out of you. And you know, you're competing for you know, progesterone or cortisol. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, and if, if progesterone's gone, because progesterone feeds and is the mother of all hormones, okay. feeds your estrogen, and your testosterone and your DHEA. And so all your other hormones as well as cortisol. So when there's too much cortisol, um, it's actually called progesterone or pregnenolone steel. It steals the important life wow. hormone. Okay. And so it gets out of balance. And now you've got either in, in women, it's too much estrogen and it happens in men too. So this can cause prostate cancer. Okay. It can cause breast cancer. And so it's really important for women to know that, okay, I'm under tremendous stress. I need to do these mindfulness exercises and I may need to augment with some something to raise my progesterone, some progesterone cream or some progesterone essential oils or specific foods and stuff that will you know, enhance my progesterone. And those are things that I cover in my blogs, you know, okay. Finlay.com blog, in my hormonal quizzes that are coming out. There's an actual quiz that'll let you know, am I dealing with estrogen dominance? Is that why I do I have those symptoms of progesterone deficiency or what else is going on and then giving women education so they can actually start managing their own health or at least be educated enough to be their own advocate yes. when they do go see a healthcare provider. And that's Lori, the that- whole purpose of what I'm doing what I'm doing because yeah. because of the risk that we face with health challenges because of these emotional turbulent times in relationships. What I appreciate about this is I don't think I've ever heard it explained so well of what's going on underneath the or behind the scenes, even 
when I talk about cortisol and the cortisol spike and heading toward amygdala hijack and, uh, and so needing to do those mindfulness practices. So I've been on a personal journey for the last four or five months in particular because I noticed my startle response was really high. And when I would just talk to a client and I would say something that sounded like a cue that my watch, I don't even want to say it right now because uh, it will yell at me. But my watch would say, you know, I'm he- I hear you or, and I would go through the roof and I thought, I'm good. I'm happy. I love my career. My relationship's good. But I, I just, my startle response was high. And I had a, a client that's a doctor and he had suggested that maybe my baseline cortisol level is high. And so then my, you know, I'm buttoned right up against this fight or flight response. And so I took that serious and some, I've, I always thought I meditated well, but the last 90, 120 days, I've been looking at my heart rate training with my running and, and I'm trying to hydrate more and doing a better job with really being intentional around a mindfulness practice. And I've been watching, oh, and monitoring my sleep schedule and I realized, oh, I'm not sleeping enough. And so all of those things though, I'm noticing my resting heart rate now is going down, which I love what you're saying. So if that was, if I was a woman, then that would, that would allow me to lower that cortisol level. And then the hormones that need to do the things they could do would be able to do that. It's wild to see how all those things impact each other. And I've never looked at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's fabulous. Well, you know, and I've got a little ebook that's coming out at the end of the month as okay. well called Hormonal Harmony. And I talk about you know, some of the hijackers of our hormonal harmony, right? And then mm. things that we can do to biohack, right? And improve our hormonal harmony. One of the things that we can do, and this is simple, and I learned this a few years ago, and I do this every day, a little drop of clove oil and lime oil mixed together in the palm of my hand and you rub it down your vagus nerve. Right really? underneath your ear. Right? Okay. And it, I've literally tracked this on my HRV and okay. I've watched my parasympathetic tone, my parasympathetic response or HRV go up 10 points in a matter of a couple minutes. Oh, okay. I got to try this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I keep on my desk is my lime and clove. Now there's things, <laughs> other things I do all day too. You know, I've got a, 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 I've got a software that comes on every 15 minutes and dims my screen to protect my eyes. Ah. Well, I used to get really irritated and turn that off. Like, stop, stop, right? And then I'm like, you could use this as a clue to take two or three. Oh, I see. Now and take, close my eyes and take three deep breaths. Yes. Every time that I love on. it. Or I'll put my mini trampoline next to my desk and every 15 minutes set the timer and get up and bounce for 15 minutes, <laughs> for 30 seconds or a I minute, love it. right? Yeah. And practice some affirmations and it like wakes up my body, stimulates my lymph, and then I would take deep breaths and then get back to work. So there's little things that we can do to biohack and reduce the stressors. But I would say my biggest message for your listeners is that A, we have power and control over the expression of our DNA and that we really do need to up level, not just our emotional baseline, mm-hmm. but our physical baseline. And it's, com- it's compound interest. It wow. really is. A- everything we do is going to either improve or not. And that means we need to be responsible, but I get to be the driver of this. I get to take control. Hey, so talk about then back to your, you have a, more of a passion around the women's breast health. We've got a few minutes here still. Talk about that. I was going to say, I don't know even the right questions to ask, but, yeah. but I know that Thank my listeners you. are going to. Yeah. It's one of my big passions. And I mean, I've got quite the family history. 
My aunt okay. died. My sisters had bilateral mastectomy. My cousins had breast mm-hmm. breast cancer. I had my own breast lumps that scared me to death. Okay, I knew enough to um, how to heal it when I found out they were benign. I wouldn't do a biopsy. I stopped doing mammograms years ago and teach women, here are the most cutting edge, safe screening tools out there. The Dutch hormone test, which I do on women, actually can find the root of the cause 20 years before you'd find something on breast self-exam or a mammogram. Well, and Lori, I don't know anything about, again, I'm a guy speaking about this, but I hear about mammograms. I hear about the public service announcements to get mammograms or so. Maybe just talk about your thoughts on that. Because again, I have a a very high female population. Well, I want to say one thing here. Yeah, yeah. Everything that I Everything I teach to women about hormones and hormone balance and hormone of metabolism applies to men as well. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Prostate prostate cancer is a hormone related cancer. And so men need to pay attention. And I see when I see a male client, I knew I'd do a Dutch test on them. I see the same things popping up in 20 year olds, 30 year olds, 40 and 50 year olds that I see in women. Well, Lori, it's like, uh, it's interesting when you say that I had, and I don't talk about this stuff on a podcast, but I feel comfortable. We're just a couple of friends talking, but I had some interesting pain about a year ago and I had myself convinced that maybe I did have prostate cancer and I was afraid I, I had to therapy myself of, I had all the yeah, buts of why I wasn't going to go get the have appointments. And then I, I found out it wasn't, but boy, I will tell you, I, that was one of the biggest fears that I had is, but I have done nothing about it. That's the, that's what I'm wanting to say to out loud is that I didn't look at it that way. So here I'm saying, Hey, talk to all the women, will you? Cause, and I'll just nod my head and smile, but I think I need to pay attention. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I mean, in the general population, one in eight women will have breast cancer. Okay. Um, and it's expected to increase, by the way, expected to increase by 57% in the next 20 years. Wow. Here, here's another shocking stat. This is actually published on PubMed. For those of that you don't know, what PubMed is the like the library of Congress. Yeah. It's the library of medicine. Okay. And you can go there and find out. It's now published in PubMed that breast cancer increased by 300% last year alone in young women in the military. You think about, oh my goodness, what we might be facing. And then there's the population that listen to you, right? That are under incredible stress. Mm -hmm. Women that have major life changes, i.e. trauma, divorce, death, loss of a spouse. They have sometimes a one and a half to three and a half, almost 4% or four four times the rate of breast cancer. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm so passionate about us talking. But what I'm so livid about is that we have breast cancer, breast cancer awareness month. It's like, hello, epigenetically, what are we creating with that word breast cancer awareness? I and that's see. why my why my webinar is called breast health awareness. Okay. Let's change the focus yeah. to what we instead of just saying go get a mammogram to find a lump that might be early detection, a mammogram is very, very, very late detection. The Dutch test I do is 20 years earlier. Now that's at the root cause and early, early. Um, so you can shift the trajectory, shift what you're doing with your diet and your lifestyle and your cosmetics and your cleaning products and all of those things that impact your hormones mm. and your hormone metabolism. So that's why I'm passionate because there's all of these things we can do early to actually create breast health each and every single day. And okay. it starts with the food we eat and getting rid of the toxins. So again, the the little handout that I've got that your clients can download is there. And I'm sending you a link as well from my breast health 
awareness webinar on okay. October 25th okay. coming up. It's free. Oh, good. Right? Women can register that. And there'll be some bonuses for those that, you know, that are live and those that register and then those that are, that are live and participate. Mm-hmm. There'll be even more bonuses for them as well. So it is definitely a passion. Like I said, in the, the pink campaign, they talk about, oh, this 99% cure rate, but they're A, they're only looking at a five-year survival and they're not at all taking into account that many, many metastases or the recurrence of cancer come later than five years. They're mm-hmm. also including DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, which is actually not really cancers. They're like, look, if you'd left those women alone, they would have been fine and they wouldn't have died of it. So it's oh, skewing statistics, okay? And what we know about our current medical therapies, chemo, radiation, and surgery, they might get rid of or shrink the parent cancer cells, Mm -hmm. but they do not kill the original cancer stem cells. You and I, all of us have cancer stem cells that we're exposed to every day. We're exposed to it every day, like our body, but our immune system is designed to help get rid of them. So it's a healthy immune system. In other words, why we saw the spike in the, in the women in the military Uh is because their immune system were depressed. Mm. So improving our immune health, getting off of sugar, staying away from alcohol. Alcohol will completely suck out your glutathione, which is your immune booster and your detoxifier. And it causes problems with your hormone metabolism. And when women are under stress, they often make sure they take care of themselves and medicate with a glass of wine at the end of the day. Right. right? Yeah. But all those little things can have a huge, huge impact on our breast health. And um, again, when, when we're under this kind of incredible stress, we need to um, put in a little bit more effort. And we can. And, and we can know that these are the things that I am doing to, to heal my body. And then if they do get a diagnosis of breast cancer, there's all kinds of things that you can do to get to the root cause. When I had my breast lumps, uh-huh. right, I started doing more energy medicine and doing more more lymph massage and more work on my mini trampoline. Okay. And I did Qigong. They have a practice called dry crying, where you literally like arch your back and pretend like you're vigorously sobbing, right? Uh-huh. To release trapped emotions around your heart chakra. And your, you know, your uh-huh. heart chakra is right there where your breast health, your where your breasts are, right? releasing all this trapped energy that we stuff when we stuff our emotions. Yeah. So you had no idea that my passion and your passion are so inextricably linked. Well, and I got to right. say too, no, I didn't, Lori. And this has been better, better than I'd even anticipated. And I anticipated it being uh, incredible. But I here's what I want to say too. So there are going to be people that are listening. And when you start talking about uh, the chakras and the energy healing, and, and I just have to say, I used to be that guy when people would talk even about mindfulness and they would talk about, you know, uh, polarity and masculine, feminine energy. And, you know, I'm trying to do some work on reframing that as assertive and nurturing. And, and it's that I go back to that. If it makes somebody uncomfortable and they are unaware or they don't know what they they don't know. I want it to just be an opportunity for growth because now I can sit here and make the jokes about wanting to order a ponytail off of Amazon for my meditation practice because I am that guy now who who loves it. And I love that you're a person that at 42, that, and I love on your website, it says like it, it's 62 now. Is that what you are? 60? I'm now 63. 63. And I and feel you, better at 63 that, than I did at 42. And, and I, I 
and I know you do because you've put in the work, you have that energy. And I know as a, I'm 53 and when I have clients in my office and they talk about they're exhausted or why they can't go exercise. I mean, they're in their forties now. And I always want to, I, I love it when they then realize, oh, I'm talking to a 53 year old guy that still does ultra marathons. And that's where I just want to say, right. I love when somebody is, is practicing what they preach and, uh, and the vulnerability of what we don't know that we don't know. And that does make us uncomfortable, but that can be an opportunity for growth rather than the people that maybe hear those things and go, oh, okay, there we go. Now they're talking about crazy stuff, says the people that are really passionate about the things we're talking about. So I, I hope that that is people will look at that as a, okay, that's a fair point. Lori 63 and looks amazing and is energetic and has, and has lived it, lived the life, talked the talk. And, and I'm a person that is at 53 and still owning up to the fact that I'm learning every day and what a joy that is and being vulnerable and open. And so I just so hope that people that are listening recognize the discomfort. Don't beat themselves up because, I mean, I, I'm not eating the best right now. So then this is an opportunity for growth. Uh, it really is right. for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to lean well, heavily on you now. That's, uh, right. that's okay, right? <laughs> I mean, my diet has changed significantly over the years. And, you know, I want people to know that you can heal mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I've had to do all that work. Yeah. And today I'm enjoying the fruits of all of that effort right? because yeah. we really can, we really can heal. It's possible. So, and that's what I think is so exciting. So Lori, I, I would love to get a reading list of maybe some of the things that we talked about today. And then I'm going to put the links up to your your webinar and then your website and then the uh, the PDF, I think that you had shared with me about breast health. That would be amazing. Yeah. I'm so curious, uh, who is your favorite Peloton instructor and which, what's your favorite workout? What do you like doing? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> I have three favorite instructors. Okay. I love okay. Leanne, love Leanne Hainsby from, Same. from Britain, right? Yes. Most adorable. Love, love Sam Yo. Yeah, love. I do. Yeah. And I love. Yeah. I mean, watch him all the time. You know, he's starting, he's starring in The King and I right now. Oh, wow. As, no. as the king, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. He's a Broadway star. And I love Dennis. And um, I typically do the bike. I'll do, you know, tune day for, for arm workouts. Um, I'll do a little bit of yoga. Um, I, I mean, I've got other yoga apps as well. But that's that's who I usually watch on the Peloton. Okay, I love it. I I, I got to find you on Peloton. I can't believe we're not we're not okay. friends there. We got to do that. Um, so Lori, th- thank you right. so much for coming thank on. You. Yeah, and then uh, I can't thank wait to have you, you back so on. So yeah, you're so very welcome. It'll be a treat. Take care.